Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Alhamdulillah, since last Ramadan, over 4 million people have benefited from, listened to, and downloaded the Qalam Podcast. Tens of thousands of people have benefited from and learned from the various classes, intensives, and seminars that Qalam provides. And inshallah, this Ramadan will be providing even more beneficial content, lectures, and programming for people all around the world, free of any cost or charge to them. In order for us to keep doing this work, we need your support, we need your help, we need you to be our partners in this Sadaqah Jariyah. Please go to supportqalam.com. That's support, Q-A-L-A-M, supportqalam.com, and provide your most generous support. Millions of people all around the world are insha'Allah, bi'idnillah, going to benefit from all of this work, and this will be your sadaqah jariyah for the eternal life of the hereafter. We really appreciate having you as part of the Qalam team and supporting us in this work, this mission, this cause. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihin ladhin astafa. Khususan ala Sayyidi Rasuli wa Khatim al-Anbiya wa ala alihi al-Askiya wa ashabihi al-Atqiya. Amma ba'd. Growing as yourself, growing as a person, becoming something new is always amazing. Finding joy in reading the Qur'an, reaching a new height, whatever that height may be, financial, physical, spiritual, it's always great to be in a new place. What commonly happens is that as people reach a new height, as they reach a place where they haven't been before, they become distant from other people and therefore quickly become judgmental. So let's say I've decided this Ramadan, I won't engage in any consumption of sugar. That's my goal. That this Ramadan, my fast is going to be from anything dessert-like. That's awesome. That's good for you. I hope that you're able to accomplish that. What happens five, ten days into it, now you start getting preachy. Caring for other people and desiring for them what you have yourself is one thing. Being preachy is different. This is now where you're looking down. This is now where you're becoming condescending. This is where now you're becoming distant from other people. If someone's doing their tasbih a little louder in sajda, rather than being patient with them, patient with the person that's praying right next to you, you turn to that person and get angry and say, I'm trying to focus in my salah. I'm doing hijab, why aren't you doing hijab? I'm reading Quran every day, why are you not reading the Quran? Unfortunately, this mentality further pushes people away from the deen. And in most times, is a result of lack of patience, lack of forbearance, and in some very severe cases, it is also symptomatic of arrogance, pride and arrogance. There is a beautiful incident that Khatib Baghdadi narrates and other scholars as well. You can find this in Ithiliri's Nawadir al-Khulafa. 
and also in Wafayatul Ayan, this story of one of the great tabi'is of our ummah. He laid eyes directly on the beautiful face of Anas bin Malik radiallahu anhu and narrated hadith directly from Sahaba. Few, but he did narrate narrations from Sahaba without any barrier between him and the companions. A man who was so intelligent that he was light years ahead of even his own peers and contemporaries. A man whose intelligence became so prominent and special that people till today, not just one or two, but millions and hundreds of millions of people continue to benefit from his knowledge. Al-Imam Al-A'zam Nu'man bin Thabit Abu Hanifa rahimahullah. He had a neighbor وفي تاريخ بغداد ووفيات العيان أن أبا حنيفة كان له جار إسكافي يعمل نهاره. إمام حنيفة رحمة الله عليه had a neighbor who was إسكافي. إسكافي means a cobbler, a shoemaker. يعمل نهاره who would spend the day at work. فإذا رجع إلى منزله ليلا تعشى ثم شرب. When he would come home in the evening, he would have his dinner, and then the alcohol would start. He was a direct neighbor of Imam Hanif When he would be intoxicated, he would read a few lines of poetry from a prominent Umayyad poet, Al-Araji. And he would spend the night reading this line in a state of being drunk. He's basically reading these lines of poetry, and I'm going to focus on the first part because that really catches to and it connects to the end of the story. He says, They wasted me. They didn't give attention to me. I was forgotten. I had so much potential. I could have been something very big, but people kept overlooking me. They didn't understand me. They looked at my flaws and they judged me and they walked past. I wish they had actually held my hand and raised me in my moments that I needed to be raised. So that, that first part, he would read this line of poetry all through the night in a state of being drunk. One night, now as a result of his uh, unfortunate scene and how uh, obnoxious he would be during the night singing his poetry and all the music and all the drinking and shouting and all of this, Imam Hanifa was unable to pray properly during the night. And neither was he able to fast. I'm sorry, uh, sleep. He couldn't sleep properly, neither could he pray. It bothered him a lot. One night, فَفَقَدَهُ أَبُ حَنِيفَةَ Imam Hanifa found him absent. He went home and didn't hear any drinking, didn't hear any music, didn't hear any singing. It was quiet. فَسَأَلَ عَنْهُ He asked the people what happened. They said that the police arrested him a few nights ago. There were, there were some officers passing by. They heard him. They suspected he was intoxicated. They went in his house, they investigated him, and they took him. He's in prison now. Mundu layal, and it's been a few days he's been in prison. 
فَصَلَى أَبُو حَنِيفَةَ الْفَجْرَ مِنْ غَدِهِ Next morning, Imam Hanifah rahmatullahi alayhi prayed his Fajr Salah. ثُمَّ رَكِبَ بَغْلَتَهُ وَأَتَى إِلَى دَارِ الْأَمِيرِ The Amir at the time was a man by the name of Isa bin Musa. So he went to this Amir and he said to him, next morning, he got on his donkey, he went out to the house of the Amir. Now when the Amir saw Imam Abu Hanifa, he was so excited that this is the Imam. He had a nice spread put out and had a nice you know, welcoming team for him. They opened up the doors, offered him all sorts of gifts. Imam Abu Hanifa came to the Amir. This was a very big deal. So after all the formalities were done, the Amir asked Imam Abu Hanifa, why are you here? So he said, I have a neighbor. Sometimes he gets a little tipsy. He, he's a little obnoxious at times too, but I promise you he's a good man. He has a lot of potential. My request is release him. Release him to me. I'll take him back home. I'll look after him. He almost does shifa on his behalf. Like he won't do this again. So the Amir immediately says, of course, that's your request from Imam Hanifa. Take him. He tells the soldiers, go and release this man and give him to the care of Abu Hanifa. So Imam Hanifa, they released him. So this cobbler was released from prison. And as they were going back home, he was walking behind Imam Abu Hanifa. Abu Hanifa, so in that moment, Imam Abu Hanifa, he turned back to him and says, Ya Fata, hal adha'nak. Oh, young man, for so many years you sang poetry saying, People forgot you, people forgot you. He then said to him, Did I forget you today? Or did I remember you? When you needed someone, did I forget you? Tell me. And the man broke down into tears. And he says, You were kind. You protected me. You came after me. You were considerate of me. You upheld the honor of being a neighbor. He did tawbah that night and never touched alcohol again and rather became a regular in the majlis al-fiqh of Abu Hanifa. He became a front row student. And some historians say later on he became, he became a prominent juris of his city. His name is unmentioned. But they say later on he went on to become someone that people would come to him to also study and learn. From the story of Imam Hanifa, there are so many things that we learn. And I think the one thing that stands out is his forbearance. Imam Abu Hanifa stories of forbearance are too many to count. Because at his time, there were so many people who didn't like him. He was someone that wasn't liked by the people because his methodology was a little different. There was a methodology the scholars had at the time, and then there was a methodology of Abu Hanifa. Imam Abu Hanifa had a different approach to synthesizing revelation and legal issues. And because of this new approach that existed, that he brought into existence, and also it not being familiar to people, there were people that had a lot of things to say about him. They would curse him and say foul things. But the amazing thing about this man, and one thing you will see in all the works of biography, that no matter how low people went against Imam Hanifa, people swore at him, his mother. Unfortunately, there were people who were attributed to be righteous of their time, and they would come to him and say, let me marry your mother. 
in a very daunting, disrespectful way. So many stories that they would come and try to be offensive to him and hurt him. But Imam Muhammad wasn't just an Imam for no reason. His forbearance was unrivaled. He never stooped down to their level. Was always patient. When that man came to him, another man, and said, let me marry your mother in a very disrespectful way, Imam Hanifah's response to him was, let me seek her permission. Then he went inside, he came back and said, she says she's too old and does not wish to engage any contract of marriage. May Allah reward you and grant you joy in your life. And he dismisses the man. Even though had he complained to the Abbasids at the time, they would have punished all these people. So this is the lesson that we learn, the lesson of forbearance. We also see his humility, his great akhlaq, his consideration, how he was so concerned about his neighbor for missing him and he didn't let him rot in prison even though he could have because no matter how much people saw negativity in one another, Imam Hanifa was one of the people and this is seen through the mentorship that he offered to his students, he always saw great in them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to learn from this lesson. And may He allow us to follow their footsteps and be sources of light for people that are drowning in darkness. May Allah grant us the trait and characteristic of forbearance. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.